get in, loser. We're talking about fashion. Hi, hello, fashion lovers. It's your girl, Shea Coulee, and welcome to another episode of It's Giving Fashion, your new favorite podcast featuring myself and my BFF, Tiger Lily. What's up, girl? (laughs) Hi, Tosh. How's it going? Hi, Tosh. It's going well. I see she's a cute little kitty today. (laughs) (laughs) obviously me and good old Tosh are always just like talking about fashion and all the different discussions that we can have around it you know a lot of times on this show we're talking about trends what we're seeing on red carpets you know what the celebrities are wearing but one thing that is always consistent in the world of fashion that we seem to never be able to get away from are controversies or as the british like to call them controversies <laughs> the drama we live for it right the drama yeah i mean obviously we were talking about everything that's been going on with balenciaga and mm. it just really kind of made us start thinking about how the world of fashion is no stranger to controversy Fashion has been creating controversies, honestly, since the dawn of time. I mean, part of the point of fashion is to create controversy, though. It's to give people something to talk about. Sometimes it's intentional. Sometimes it's a publicity stunt. Sometimes it is just negligence. Not all controversies are bad controversies. There are ways in which controversies also create conversations that shift society and culture all at the same time. I feel like through fashion, we've seen so many revolutions just in Mm. the world of feminism and women's rights and the way that women are allowed to dress themselves and have autonomy of their body and make decisions on how they want to dress it. I feel like fashion has been a major catalyst of those conversations. Absolutely. I mean, fashion is a political statement. You know what? You know what? We're going to dive so much more into this because this is a really good conversation about fashion history, a controversy. And I feel like I need to go and make a quick matcha tea latte while we hear from our sponsors. And when we come back, we are going to dive into this conversation because this shit is good. We will be right back. We are back on It's Giving Fashion. And on today's episode, we are talking about fashion controversies. Okay. Like we said before, fashion, the world of fashion is no stranger to controversy. And I was thinking about this earlier, trying to think of like controversial, polarizing figures in fashion. I feel like Honestly, the first kind of like controversial fashion diva was Marie Antoinette. Absolutely. Absolutely. The choices that she made in regards to her fashion affected 
the economy of an yes. entire country. She bankrupted France. Right. <laughs> and you want to know what is so crazy? Like, this is the thing that is so crazy, but I think a lot of people do not know is, you know, she was facing a, a lot of backlash for her outlandish mm. silhouettes, the dresses, the yards, the, the hair. fabric and satins and the hair and the wigs and that, you know, you had other women and the French royal court that were mimicking the same thing. And everyone was just all like, you are dressing and living in excess and it is too much. And then she decided, okay, you're right. I'm going to switch that up. And she went to a completely simple, unpure waist, white, cotton silhouette, the complete opposite of the extreme panniered hips and corsets and things mm -hmm. like that. And that decision, based off of the criticism that she mm -hmm. was receiving based off her dress, actually was what bankrupted France because the silk, the fabric, the textile industry ran based off of these extreme silhouettes because they had other women that were putting their money into getting yeah. these dresses made. And when she stopped wearing such elaborate things, the fabric and textile industry also immediately suffered due to, you know, no longer there being a demand for these silks and, and brocades and all of these really luxe, expensive fabrics. You know, another time in history when we saw a major change in silhouette and fashion that was such an uproar was when Dior launched the 1947 New Look Collection. This was after World War II, where, you know, women were in the workplace and they kind of wanted to touch back in with their femininity. But like there were strict laws on extra fabric, extra hardware, extra pockets, extra buttons, like everything was condensed to put their effort towards building things for the war. So when Dior launched that, it was just seen as so frivolous because the silhouettes were nipped waist, big silhouette, yardage, just like all these things that weren't utilitarian. You know, mm -hmm. this is like, this is where we're bringing in drama and exuberance. And people were pissed, you know, because people are still recovering from wartime. Mm -hmm. And they weren't thinking about fashion. This was like just a waste of money. But I mean, that changed the direction of fashion. Like that collection alone launches us into the 1950s. It really did. And um, it's like, okay, this is two years after the end of World War II. And I can understand because obviously, like, you know, culture was different back then. Like you said, people mm -hmm. were still recovering. I don't feel like people yes. bounced back from things like that as quickly as we do now. Right. And so two years later, after all of these years of having these sanctions where, you know, you could only have one button, you know, you, like you couldn't even have a decorative button on something. Like everything mm -hmm. had to have... A purpose, you know, like they weren't even really producing nylon like that anymore because they needed them for parachutes. So women were literally just drawing seams up the back of their legs, you know, with uh, makeup, with uh, eyeliner, pencil and crayons to make it look like they had uh, nylons on. So mm -hmm. obviously people were feeling a certain type of way about seeing all of this like volume and femininity come back. But like... I mean, after war times, like people want to feel they want to feel fun and frivolous again. And that's what yes. Dior was delivering. 
Yeah, he really did. And I think about like the 50s and it was such a feel good time. You know, it was so like Americana, like we're thriving the economy. You know, people started to have credit. So they're like, we're going to spend we're going to live in the suburbs and we're going to wear voluminous silhouettes and we're going to have luncheons and we are going to have a carefree life because, you know, we're not talking about the atom bomb and we're, you know, now it's the Red Scare. <laughs> you yeah. Know? So people just wanted to have fun, you know? And mm-hmm. it's also, you know, the 40s had those harsh shoulders, the big shoulders, you know, a tiny waist. And the 50s just brought in the hourglass figure, you know? Really did. And really It did. really, really was a turning point. I mean, we can't deny that that changed fashion forever. Mm-hmm. It absolutely did. And honestly, like when we think about controversies, I feel like that one is a light one because, yes, people didn't necessarily at first enjoy the idea of this new silhouette, the new look, but uh, they caught on. Yeah. They caught on. They were like, damn, this is flattering. Ooh. They said, ooh, <laughs> this my, is kind of Look cute. at my body. <laughs> They're like, they're like, wait, let me let me twirl a little bit. Let me get a little twirl in that. They're like, look at how that right? skirt opens up. They said, circle, skirt, circle, <laughs> skirt. They said, you yeah. bitches still wearing that pencil skirt? Well, clock the circle, skirt, yards. Oh. I got yards, mama. Plural, <laughs> yards. Speaking of skirts, we should talk about when the mini skirt debuted in the Ooh, 60s. Well, maybe not debuted, child. but it was made famous by Twiggy, you know, coming yes. out in her little mini dress mm-hmm. with her little pixie haircut. And her little Twiggy legs, the mini skirt revolutionized by the one, the only Mary Quant, uh, yes. British designer. Because, you know, really honestly, I feel like the 60s was a moment where British fashion was really starting to make its mark in mm-hmm. the world of fashion as like a major contender. You know, up until this point, I feel like the focus was always truly always on Paris mm-hmm, yes I don't even feel like you know America was really like a strong contender I don't really even think that America came into the conversation until the Battle of Versailles which is you know something for a completely different conversation but back to Mary Quant and the miniskirt it was such a revolution because you know we were really looking at women's sexual liberation in the mm-hmm. 60s and the fact that you know women could have more ownership of their bodies and be like yes i'm gonna wear this mini skirt and i'm gonna show off my knees mm. and a little bit over the thigh <gasps> Gasp. <laughs> i mean it was a throwback to the flappers of the 20s too presenting this boyish silhouette you know where we didn't have a defined waist where we mm-hmm. showed leg where we had the short hair where we had mm-hmm. the doll eyes you know with the makeup so it it was a total commentary on where we were heading, you know? And then we launched into mod fashion, which is so fun. I mean, Period. we love <laughs> we love mod. <laughs> I mean, if you look at the tile icon photo for this very podcast, I think that it's clear that we love <laughs> mod and 60s. So silly. They were so silly, those 60s. So, so I mean, like, look, I'm even thinking about uh, the icon legend star Cher being the first woman to show her belly button on TV. And how that that was like... (gasps) I know. Oh, my God. Cher in her... I mean, Cher is still an icon legend star, of course, timeless. But 
gosh, her her physique back mm. in the day. I'm mm. sure she was driving people crazy with that. Can you imagine crazy. witnessing that for the first Honestly, time? Honestly, I can understand the frenzy because I feel it now. You know what yeah. I'm saying? <laughs> and I think about all of the scantily clad looks that I have been, you know, exposed to over the years. But damn it, Cher and that body, that physique, like it was Ooh. real. Just like it was like, damn. I know. And the way she owned it, just the the you know, the oomph she put into it, the way she moved, she, the way she even twirled, not even twirled her, her hair, hair, but just her hair, oh, her hair, just mm. so iconic. Cher, we love, love Cher. And even thinking about other pop divas coming into a little bit more, bringing it a little bit more into like millennial modern times, Lady Gaga at the VMAs and her meat dress and how everybody was talking about them. You know what? The VMAs, they have had some pretty controversial fashion moments. I'm thinking about the meat dress. I'm thinking about mm-hmm. uh, J Lo and that Versace dress that had that, oh, that was like yes. googled within an inch of its life. Everyone was like, <gasps> <laughs> Lil Kim at the VMAs with her titty oh, out. Oh, yeah, baby, oh, like mm, the girls, the, v- the girls be bringing it at the VMAs. But let's talk about that meat dress. You know, um, it's now yeah. jerky. Um, <laughs> The meat She's dress vintage. has been jerked. Um, <laughs> I wonder how short it is now that it's been jerked. It's probably like baby size, like a toddler could wear it. Or is it like a Mary Quant mini skirt? Oh! <laughs> I see what you did there, Tosh. <laughs> but honestly, I remember uh, that the VMAs that year, like Gaga was really turning it. This was right after Alexander McQueen had passed and she showed up to the red carpet wearing that incredible piece from his final collection um, that he wasn't even alive to show. Um, Mm. You know, that very kind of like gold gilded, I don't know, we we saw these, like, images that were printed on these beautiful silks of, like, you know, these gorgeous, like, Renaissance-type paintings. And, mm-hmm. you know, there was something so romantic about it. She had that gold feather headpiece. She kind of felt like this, like, beautiful, like, armored goddess of war. Very Athena. Oh! <laughs> you know, <laughs> there's something very Athena. <laughs> Athenian about it. And then she comes out in this meat dress and we were all just all like, is that, is that bitch wearing a dress made out of meat? <laughs> Can you imagine sitting next to her like this bitch? Like, get the fuck away from me. <laughs> like, but honestly. yeah, you, I mean, the, people were outraged by this dress. Like, of course, PETA and, you know, different animal activists were just appalled. Like, what a waste of a life. And, you know, people were really up in arms about it. And she said the purpose behind this dress, she, I don't know if this was a PR spin or whatever, but she was like, I was trying to bring awareness to don't ask, don't tell, um, that we should show up as like, what I, we can present ourselves as whatever we're just like meat we're just meat you know meat bags and i was just like oh okay like i'm not i'm not sure if that was the tea <laughs> the t-bone <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> I mean, at the end of the day, we are all meat with electricity running through us. Absolutely. Yeah. So I don't know. You know, what was giving for me was the shoe, the rump rose shoe, how she had all the twine. Oh, Are- yes, babe. I get the controversy with the meat, but she was still serving it for me. And like those rump roast feet were just divine. The rump <laughs> roast. Yes. Yeah. They were they were really they were really giving it. everything. And um, to those people who were offended by the meat dress and her decision to wear meat. Anyway. Um, <laughs> I was trying to like relate and find like a bridge to bring us all together, but I was just all like, nah. Nah. <laughs> like, you look like, look, you know, I always try to like see everybody's side. I always try to be like in an in, in empath. But that animal was already butchered and gone. Mm. It's not like Lady Gaga went to a pasture and was like, that one, <laughs> I'm going to wear. Give me it. I want to see the life drain from its eyes. Like, no, girl, it was already, girl, it was already at the right. style. They, they right. just went and picked it up for the delicatessen. Girl. There's a lot happening these days, but I have just the thing to get you up to speed on what matters without taking too much of your time. The 7 from the Washington Post is a podcast that gives you the seven most important and interesting stories, and we always try to save room for something fun. You get it all in about seven minutes or less. I'm Hannah Jewell. I'll get you caught up with The 7 every weekday. So follow The 7 right now. Warning, this podcast contains juicy tales of a super dysfunctional family. Brothers betraying brothers, friends becoming enemies, and a mother trying her best to keep everything from falling apart. No, this isn't a reality TV rewatch. I'm Dan Jones, your host, and this is one of my all-time favorite true stories. Join me on a trip to the Middle Ages to meet history's most dangerous dynasty, the Plantagenets. This season, the plots are thicker, the ambitions greater, and the betrayals are even more devious in the epic saga of the family that shaped our world. From something else in Sony Music Entertainment, this is History, a dynasty to die for, season two. Listen and follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. But you know, who also aren't shy of controversy, um, we got some runway uh, models, moments, things to talk about. We got to talk about Naomi. Yes. You know, icon, legend, star, mother, Naomi Campbell also has dealt with her fair share of controversy. I think one of the most controversial moments was the throwing of the phone. (laughs) Oh, yes. I mean, I understand that Naomi pled guilty 
to this. Um, I also understand if the phone just slipped. No. (laughs) (laughs) I'm kidding. I'm not excusing any kind of violence, but it's just, like, so hard for me because, like, in my eyes, like, Naomi Campbell's perfect because she can't do anything wrong. But also, she's a human, and we all make mistakes, you know, and it's important to hold ourselves accountable. Um, The one thing that I will say is that, you know, whenever Naomi Campbell has ever had to show up in a moment in court, for instance, or, you know, just uh, to do community service. It is always a fashion moment. When they had the nerve, the audacity to make Naomi Campbell pick up garbage as community service in New York City, I have to appreciate that she said, if I'm going to be picking up this garbage, I will be, you know, wearing head-to-toe Dolce & Gabbana. I will not be looking regular it will be a fashion moment oh that was so legendary that was like that is one for the books that is really what set naomi off onto legend status i mean she already was a legend before Mm -hmm. but that Mm -hmm. moment that silver dolce gabbana with the corset that metal corset god with the lock on it and that like anna wintour bob i said and holding like the garbage bag. <laughs> it was an editorial. She knew what she was doing. She said, because oh y'all, she said, she said, I already know what y'all are going to do. She said, y'all want to come and get your little photos. She said, you want to get your photo? Well, click, click, flash, bitch. Look at me. <laughs> model, model, fashion. It's just kind of funny, like that she shows up to community service wearing that. But in the airport, she's in a full on hazmat suit, you know? <laughs> She said, I don't want none of y'all's germs, you right, nasty. And I, I, yeah, I get it. I mean, She said, I've been out in the world and y'all don't wash your hands. <laughs> she said, I got my wet wipes. Okay. I got my, 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 why did I almost say bug repellent? My <laughs> <laughs> disinfectant. <Hand> <laughs> I feel like bug spray could sanitize. Anyway. But speaking of fashion, you know, with our runway models and everything, we have to talk about like our haute couture brands like John Galliano and his use of, you know, a little cultural appropriation. Um, you know, he has geishas on the runway back in what was it? 2007. 2007. Yeah. Yes. I mean, I, I feel like the topic of cultural appropriation in the last like decade has really made some strides, right? I feel like it's important to discuss some of our designers. Now, somebody Mm. who really was, had coined themselves as being the bad boy of fashion is British fashion designer who was the creative director over at Dior in the early 2000s, John Galliano. He had a little bit of a decline after some anti-Semitic remarks that he made uh, in a bar and eventually was pulled as the creative director from Dior. In addition to him, we've had people like Alexander Wang, who has faced controversy over allegations of sexual assault and misconduct. Burberry had that in uh, 2019. They had that noose around the neck with... That was... 
That was weird. That was not cool. Suicide is like never something you joke about. And like, also lynching just... culture, because like you look at the model too, the way that those like baby hairs are styled with like the hoodie and, you know, yep. uh, uh, people like uh, Trayvon Martin, that was a modern day lynching of what happened yeah. with him. And there's such a sense of insensitivity and in the choice to style something like that. And this is just completely beside the point. But I was at uh, the Burberry and Charing Cross in London. And when I tell you they followed my black ass around the store like a shadow it was annoying it was really yeah. incredibly annoying so yeah. um to the staff at the burberry and charing cross in london i encourage you to be a little bit better um with the way that you treat your customers because i actually just recently had a fat paycheck and was coming in there ready to spend my money but y'all wanted to treat me like julia roberts and pretty woman and act <laughs> like i didn't belong there and you know what i just took my money and i spent it at selfridges bitch and then i came back with my bags and was like big mistake huge <laughs> and they're like can you please get out of our store we already chased you out once <laughs> okay Another controversy in 2019. There was a lot of controversies in 2019. Remember when Gucci released that sweater that was like straight up blackface? And it was like a turtleneck that went over the mouth. It was a black Mm -hmm. turtleneck. And then it had the lips, the red lips. I I was like, y'all don't got any black people on your team to say this ain't cool. Like, this is not it. This is no. This was ridiculous. It was was ridiculous. It was very apparent. Yeah, and they're like, this is a learning moment. And we're like, nah. <laughs> Who are you learning from? Because right? you clearly you you clearly don't have any black people over there in the creative division at Gucci because they would have been like, yo, um, sis, that's fucked it. I know. And you think about like this creative process and like just like with the Balenciaga, how many, how many hands do these things need to pass through? You know? Exactly. There's maybe like a hundred people like with eyes on this specific project, maybe more, you know? Yeah, because, okay, just because this is like the most recent one that a lot of people have been talking about. And I feel like that is such a good point because this was something that I that I was feeling as this Balenciaga controversy was going down is I felt like an over overwhelming lack of accountability for the choices yes. that were made in that campaign. It just, they kept trying to pass the buck and mm-hmm. with major brands like that, these things go across several desks for approval. And mm-hmm. I know that your legal team looked that over. So you mean to tell me that photograph of the bag that had the legal documents about the child pornography case, you're telling me your lawyers, your legal team who look, they literally look at legal documents every single day. You're telling me that that came across their desk and legal team didn't think to zoom in like the regular people that did on social media. It it doesn't make sense. And the whole thing about trying to be like, oh, we're going to sue the company that we hired to do the creative direction, the photographer for me, Uh it was just, they were just trying to scapegoat them to make it look like they were really taking action to make like active change when it's clear that they made those decisions themselves as a fashion brand. And we're not expecting to get dragged the way that they were. Oh, 1000%. And part of me thinks like, you know, they told the photographer like, hey, we're going to pay you out 
and we're going to put this fake lawsuit out just to show accountability, but we're not going to move forward with prosecution. You know what I mean? Like, or litigation, whatever. You know, I feel like that was just all a publicity stunt. When I saw that they were doing that, it was very apparent what they were doing. And Mm -hmm. it was just, yeah, passing the blame on. I was like... When that came out, I was like, yeah, no one's getting sued. Like, I already know that's not going to move forward. Uh-huh. This is just this is just a scapegoat. This is this exactly. is just a exactly. PR scam, you know? Well, if there's any lesson that we can learn from controversies, specifically those in fashion, is that accountability is always in style. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> <laughs> This was another episode of your new favorite podcast, It's Giving Fashion. I'm Shay Coulee. And I'm Tiger Lily. And until next time, thank you. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> thank you very much. <laughs> Domo arigato. <laughs> Merci beaucoup. Salamat po. <laughs> Gracias. It's Giving Fashion is produced by Something Else, a Sony Music Entertainment company. The executive producers are Sarita Wesley and Jasmine Henley-Brown. Medina Parwana is senior producer, Rob Dozier is producer, and Sunny Balkan is associate producer. This show is engineered by Samantha Gatsik. And Gatsik! <laughs> <laughs> That's cute.